The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. This is Good Morning New York, and it's Tuesday, November 3rd, and I'm your host, Vince Rocco. I am here with my full panel for the full hour today. It's my pleasure to be with all of you. Good morning. Good morning, All right, so today is Election Day in New York. It's awesome to see folks all across New York heading to the polls today to make their voices heard in this election year. Uh, Voting is the number one way we can make sure our party and candidates win up and down the ticket, regardless of your side of the aisle. Voting is our right, and we should all participate or not make any comments when things don't go well. Please get out and vote. And remember, this is a prelude to next year, 2016, when the, uh, we will be electing a president. Polls in New York City today are open at 6 a.m. and they will close at 9 p.m. tonight. All right. The daughter of billionaire George Soros, Anna Soros Columbell, has taken a hit on her West Village townhouse, which finally sold for $20 million. The asking price was $29.5 million, according to city property records. She bought uh, the house for eleven point five million in 2006. Now the new owner is listing the 26-foot-wide mansion on the tree-lined Gold Coast of the village for an eye-popping $75,000 a month. The stately six-story mansion built in 1844 uh, in a Greek revival style is 8472 square feet. It comes with at least six bedrooms. There's also three wood-burning fireplaces, radiant heat floors, and an elevator. The first two apartments at the Greenwich Lane, a sprawling condominium complex being built on the site of the former St. Vincent's Hospital campus in the West Village have sold. According to city records, an eight-floor unit for $19.5 million and was the most expensive sale closed of the week last week with another four floors below that sold for $16.3 million. The Greenwich Lane buildings were developed by the Rudin family and Global Holdings and designed by the architect F.X. Foley, which preserves some of the red brick facades from the original hospital to better assimilate into the neighborhood within the Greenwich Village Historic District. The townhouses and one apartment building at 155 West 11th Street are new construction. With homeless on the rise in the city, as we've reported on this program several times, some of the biggest names in Brooklyn real estate are pitching in to give a hand to the less fortunate. Urban Pads, uh, Brookland Capital, TerraCRG, and AsphaltLofts.com have committed to donating a portion of their proceeds from the final months of this year to the Doe Fund, a nonprofit funded by philanthropist George McDonald to help uh, the homeless with housing and career opportunities. I think that's incredible. Mm, we'll talk about charity. that a little more. Absolutely. Uh, as we reported last week, more than 57,000 people, 40% of whom are children, were staying in the city's homeless shelters. And advocates fear that number will climb to peak levels of more than 59,000 in December as the winter weather sits, uh, sets in. rather. New York City's multifamily market saw moderate growth during the third quarter of the year with dollar volume totaling nearly $3.8 billion, a 21% increase from the previous quarter, this according to reports last week. The city had 184 multifamily transactions comprising of 369 building sales, down 15% and 1% respectively from the second quarter. Transaction vol- volume fell 14% over last year and building volume increased only by 3%. The often traded Rothschild mansion on the Upper East Side is changing hands once again. The six-story home sold last week for the third time since 2012, trading for $33 million. Neither buyer nor seller were disclosed. Sotheby's International Realty had the listing. Uh, And in real estate, it all comes down to the closings. As part of our annual ranking of Manhattan's top residential firms, 
The real deal broke down which brokerages moved the most properties during a 12-month period ending March 31st. Douglas Elliman and the Corcoran Group landed at the top of the real deals rankings with $4.34 billion and $4.29 billion closed, respectively. They're gaining ground on each other. Interesting, the only other two firms that reached more than $1 billion in uh, seal deals were Brown-Harris-Stevens at $1.89 billion and Halstead Property at $1.21 billion. Brown-Harris, as a matter of fact, closed some of the priciest sales of the year, including Edgar Bronfman's co-op at 960 Fifth Avenue for $70 million. And just weeks after opening its first Hamptons office, Compass has announced it's set to open another. The residential brokerage will take 3,000 square feet at 53 Main Street in East Hampton. Good news. The company plans to open the office for business in January 2016. According to news release, uh, the freestanding two-story building with a uh, finished basement was recently the home to Tiffany and company. Oh my God! I cannot believe Tiffany and Company is gone. They're gone. And Compass is joining. Compass oh, is yeah. in, baby. That is outrageous. <laughs> what a smart move. And let me tell you something. That if you don't know what what building that is, it's literally on the corner of Newtown Lane and Main yes. Street. It couldn't yes. be the best location in the yeah. world. Absolutely, it's crazy. I can't believe Tiffany's gone. Though. I can't believe Tiffany's gone but unless they move. Because you most people should just move out it's, there. That's a good <laughs> idea. Not an impulse purchase. Yes, no. You're on vacation <laughs> in the Hamptons, where I would think it's more impulse. And people know where Tiffany is here. So it does make sense to me. But I think they may have moved across the street into a smaller space. That okay. that that office, you know, on that corner yes. was huge. But yeah. me, but you're right. It's not necessarily a needed. Well, you know what? People but in East Hampton yeah. on vacation. Yeah. 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 They need to buy another bobble Let's or two. You never know, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Honey, go get me the blue box. Mm-hmm. I found a very big blue box in my closet this weekend when I was cleaning out my linen closet. And I cannot remember when I tell you it was a big blue box. And I cannot remember what was in that box. And who gave it to you? Or who gave it to me. I have no <laughs> clue what was in this box. Oh, you must be going nuts. The ribbon is in there. The 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 tissue paper is in there. And I'm looking at this box for like two hours as I'm doing everything else. And I kept going back to the box uh-huh. and saying, hmm. Well, there was jewelry in there? What the hell? I was thinking was just champagne, just, just champagne just glasses. Paper. It's an yeah, empty champagne box. glasses. I, I was box, thinking champagne obviously. glasses. Yes. I don't know if that it's big enough That is one of their champagne. best sellers, by the way. Did it, you know that? Yes, it is. But I don't know. I mean, it's it. Well, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. But you know what? I should go home and look and see if I have Tiffany champagne. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much stuff in my. Vince, did you have anything wild and woolly or exciting happen to you over? A weekend. Yes, Metam- holiday weekend. Metamucil. Halloween. Metamucil. Is that a new club? And, yeah. <laughs> are you telling That's me? That's a new downtown you club, like Upper West Side club. Uh, are you going to share with us how you discovered Metamucil? Nine hundred West End Avenue. No one's going to Metamucil Club downtown. Metamucil Club. Oh man, it's more Valium. Valium is the new club. Head on the pillow. Metamucil and 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 cough lozenges. It used to be a club called Valium, isn't it? Well, it started shaking your cold. It started last week. In fact, as I was reading right. this morning just now, my my voice sounded like it was breaking a little bit. You know, it just takes a while to get over it. But, you know, I didn't want to push it this weekend. So I did not celebrate Halloween this year. Sorry. Yeah, didn't get same here. And you know what? I have to say, I'm going to go back to not shaking hands. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I just don't want to yeah. go and get sick again during the holidays. Can I add to that? Yeah. Yes. Just don't breathe. Don't breathe. God, come on, girl. Donald Trump does it. You should give people fist bumps. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's right. hey, nice hey, to meet you. Boom. Well, when you see the people walking around the street with their little masks on, the little cloth mask on, you know, I used to laugh at these people, but now I'm thinking, you know what? I think about it. Boost your immune system. I used to laugh at these people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, one other announcement before we get into the topics. Um, I am heading to Tulum, Mexico. Oh, okay, my Vince. On I'm coming. On November 18th through the 21st. It's called Chill Weekend. Um, my One of my partners, Andy Kim, and I are representing a development in Tulum, Ana Tulum. And we ha- are sponsoring a, uh, a chill out weekend. So for $75 a day, all inclusive, plus your own uh, airfare, it's less than $700 for a few days. If I'm you love to move. I would be there if it weren't my sister's wedding. Oh, another <laughs> wedding. I'm putting yes. it out there. Is the anybody who wants wedding. to join us another because s- they have interest or not. Email me or text me after the show or during the show, and we can give oh, you all awesome. of the details. But and it's I November adore, 18th through the 21st. I adore Andy Kim. I forgot that the two of you were doing that development. Yep, yeah. and I will be He's in a bathing suit broker. in the sand very soon coming up. So um, anyway, you. let's go look forward time. to. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then come back, and it's Thanksgiving, and then come back, and it's... Christmas. Christmas. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. this is, listen, you know what? This is the best time of the year, I believe. 
uh, in the in the Northeast. Which goes back to last week's show when I said winter was the best, better than summer. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> and I said crazy. I loved it until January. That's right. Yeah, seriously. Way to circle back, Rachel. Way to circle back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, you know, talking about weather on the heels of that, as New York nervously prepares itself for the possibility, possibility hopefully, of another, you know, superstorm Sandy, that we want one, residents of waterfront neighborhoods have already been hit with rising federal flood insurance rates as well as costly upgrades to help storm-proof their homes. As FEMA, FEMA's new expanded flood zone map heads towards the approval process, 400,000 more New Yorkers could find themselves suddenly located in a potential danger zone. They are facing lowered property values and skyrocketing monthly insurance. So, you know, these 400,000 people that I refer to are houses on ground levels, up to second floors, in whatever FEMA decides that the boundaries are for the flood zone area. Mm -hmm. It's not just Manhattan. It's, it's the five not boroughs. just exactly. It's the five yes. boroughs. Thank you. So, what can buyers do to protect themselves with these types of uh, apartment purchases? For example, I just recently um, went into contract on a first floor apartment before this FEMA uh, initiative takes hold. You know, we're out there with buyers, and you know, some people like first floors, some people don't. Some people ask for them. So, what do we do? You know, when this question comes up about the new FEMA maps? Now, hopefully, they're going to be a long way out because it takes you know city government forever to to make decisions. But this is a real concern. I, you and know, what does I, it do to property values? I think I, I'll just say briefly that, of course, there's nothing we can do about this. And anybody who's on the outlying edges or in lower ground in Manhattan or in any of the boroughs and any of the waterfront property and even back from the waterfront property, what happened with Sandy was no joke. It's really an issue. <laughs> and people are going to, you know, people without kids and without many dogs and stuff are, will, you know, take the risk. They've got a great place. The price might get lower. They're not going to be so bummed if they have to move or they have to get in a hotel. But the bottom line is this is not going away. No, this is not going away. <laughs> and in it's fact, really it's getting, an issue. I mean, it's really an It's issue. becoming even more of one. But my other question is, though, so what do you think in your professional estimation and all the years that we're all in the business here, how do you think it's going to ultimately affect the pricing on these units when the boundaries or the map is actually Finalized. I think it's, it's a matter of the press and the media and how big they make it. So if it does, if it's not in our faces, it won't be that much of an issue because the reality is, let's take walk-ups, for example. First floor apartments, if this affects first floor units, it kind of weighs out with two flights up. And the third floor being a top floor with leaks coming from the roof. It, it just, at the end of the day, there's there's positives and negatives for but every But what do you think the media is going to do, Rachel? I don't know. They're going to go crazy. I don't think it's that juicy well, and sexy. It depends. So yeah. I just don't think it's going to affect it. That's I, my feeling. What I really think is it's going to be the same as like maintenance in buildings. Mm-hmm. So buildings that have higher maintenance, the prices are lower. Mm-hmm. I think that overall, I think as the consumer gets educated, it's always going to be about them understanding what is my ultimate monthly cost and how is this going to affect their resale value. It will be a part value. of the education <laughs> process. Before the buyer signs the contract. Exactly. And so as long as the attorney and the broker yeah, inform well. the buyer yeah. or the renter yeah. and, and they know what they're getting into, just like yeah. homes outside New York City. Yeah, exactly. Flood, flood zones. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about but that. It's right. And ultimately people into. want what they want. And mm-hmm. if it's a view apartment, is it really going to get right. affected? No. Does beachfront but property actually, get affected? Not really. Because when I'm out with buyers, the question People will still buy it. The big question has been, where are the mechanical systems for these buildings? Mm -hmm. Are they in the basement? And a lot of buildings, as we all know, lost. Yes. But what's interesting is taking my buyers to new developments. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that many of the new developments, the they got very smart. They're Mm -hmm. putting them. Yes, they're putting them further up. (laughs) They are because we think about it. You know, there was that famous picture that everyone looked at of the whole southern part of Manhattan black, completely blacked out during Sandy. So there you go. But we all know that. And now very savvy buyers are asking, where are the building's mechanicals? Where's the heating system? Where where are the elevators? Is there a generator? I lived in a five-star building and we had no generator. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. You don't think about these things well, that, until it until happens. Until it happened so in Friday, right? So now we exactly. Think exactly. Now we think about it. I was on. Yeah. Most oh, of the really housing stock floor. does not Absolutely. have generators, though. That's just a wishful, you know, oh on the wish gosh. list. But yes. that doesn't apply. My concern, you know, going forward is it reminds me of a lot of things, and you're all correct, but what Battery Park City represents sometimes, land lease buildings and people mm-hmm. fear, and their attorneys, you know, scotch those deals. Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, um, people, their attorneys looking at these and saying, okay, so now, you know, the FEMA guidelines are in front of me, so this is a first floor or a second floor, because as if you remember it during Sandy, a whole lot of places, a whole lot of second floors and lobbies that were 20 feet were high yeah. were destroyed. And the and amenities uh, and on Perry Street, yeah. all the amenities on the first floor were damaged. Right. Oh, on Greenwich, have, because yeah. they're below and a lot of buildings. And it affected the litigation in the building yep. and yeah. the assessments yep. and everything. Yeah. Greenwich had the same issue. Yeah. A lot of buildings. Yeah. And assessments in general is something that you have to be concerned with. with yeah, for sure. For the whole building, not yeah. just first yeah, floor. Yeah, not just right. exactly. And that's, that's a bigger question that's mm-hmm. going to affect the Absolutely. building, the condo and the co-op. Absolutely. Yes. Right. We're going to go We're going to go to break. We'll continue that conversation when we come back. We have to take um, our first break. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Woo-woo! Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back, and I am uh, joined here with my panel, Perul Brombat from from Compass, Rachel Altschuler from Douglas Elliman, Ivy Ray, Blue Realty Group, Deborah Hoffman, Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. So um, we are being videotaped today, by the way, for uh, a B-roll for a convention that we're all doing a live show at the New York City Expo 2015 on November 11th. So it's a little hairy here in the studio this morning. Plus, the makeup is making me sneeze. <laughs> That's what it was. That's why I said, no, I don't want any. Anyway. Oh, my God. And the lights are so Let bright today. And the lights are Normally, it's so dark in here. I like, yeah. I like the light. I, I want to say you're handsome with a man tan. Oh, thank you. But you know what? I like Fine. a dull, dimmer lighting, even my own home. I love it. I, I live with dull lighting. I agree with I that. Uh-huh. You do. Your place is like, you know, vibey at like 7 in the morning. Yes. All these lights are down low. It's always ready for something. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> and people want those kind of apartments. <laughs> and we're live. There we go. And we're live. That's right. So considering the near constant, I love this one. Considering the near constant barrage of headlines about apartment prices consistently breaking records in each of the boroughs here in New York, you could be forgiven for taking a sky's the limit approach to pricing your own apartment. But you really shouldn't get that expert broker uh, opinion. There is a feeling among many agents that pricing your apartment lower can, in fact, get you a much higher price. How and why is this? Because when when the listening audience out there, regardless of where they are in the world, Mm -hmm. 
I, if you tell the seller you want to price it lower because you think you can get a higher price, they will automatically tell you absolutely not. I was just going to Depends say that. Market. I was just going to say, yeah. I wish more of our sellers could understand this. And it's not for every property. But if your property is sort of something that is just beautiful, shows very well, and it's going to, and is in a, or, and or is in a location that people are going to really want, then the chances are is that if you just price it a little bit lower, everybody's going to think, wow, this looks like such a great deal. I really want Exactly. It's 1999. And everybody comes in the door, which number one, they see at the open house. Oh my God, there are all these other people people. who also want Everybody wants what everybody wants. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to. And then it really keeps pushing the price up. And even if you only get a couple of offers, the psychological impact of seeing 55 people at the open house make people up big and overbid because they assume if there are that many people interested Pearl, there's going to be more people buying. Why don't you talk about buying. the Park Avenue when so. you had the buyer or the, the two bedrooms priced just under a million dollars and what happened? Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. So just this recently, this is a great example. I had um, I was working with a couple of buyers, um, a couple who has been looking for quite some time and they could afford they can only afford about one point two five or lower. This apartment was priced right under a million. Right bed. under a million for eight converted no no converted two bedroom and a twenty eighth and park ave south around that area. Hot area. So hot area. Very hot. So anyway, so this is a co-op. We it's third floor apartment, beautiful windows. We walk in, the second bedroom does not even have a closet. It's barely a second bedroom, right? But it does have two bathrooms. And what was the maintenance? And so maintenance, no, not bad. Not bad. Not like bad. In two thousand plus, you know, so not, not That's a line. really great yeah. building, solid building, solid everything, right? We walked in there, there were fourteen bids. 14 bids on this apartment. Our bid was, I can say this now, I think, but our bid was almost at 1.2. It was a little bit lower wow. than 1.2 and a higher than 1.150. I'll say that. And we lost. Lost the bid. We lost. Almost all cash. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe, it. I believe, it. I believe it. I believe it. Think it, about there that. There is a relationship it, it, yeah. to when where you price it Absolutely. to days on the market, right? Mm-hmm. And if you price it right, you'll get 14. If you're below, you will get 14 bids. You'll get 30 people in the open house. You will yeah. drive that price back up to where you could have got if they listed at 1.4 and then dropped the price incrementally. And then they would have gotten, I don't know what it traded at. But it's above but 1. for a 2. lot of sellers, that's just backwards thinking. They yeah. don't, oh my God. They don't and understand they don't, and they don't shift their market yeah. sales. And they don't want to leave money on you the table. On the but Rachel, yeah. let, me, let me ask you a question because I agree yeah. with you. But but why you know why do they have that fear? Because as I tell my sellers all the time, because I've tried to deploy this yes. tactic you know, three it's or four times a of the year. It's worked a few years. times. Yes. It has. It's worked. But, but what, what's the fear? Because as I tell my sellers all the time, you know what? If you get a deal that's under your asking price, you don't have to take it. Yeah. Right? Not only they that. are reading the the press is talking about how crazy this market is, mm-hmm. and they are I don't want to say drinking the Kool Aid, but they just on top of the fact that every seller thinks their property is the most special property ever, better than anyone else's property. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, they really want to get every dollar, and so it goes against natural thinking of. Pricing it below right. market value by 5% or and, sometimes 10%. And they don't know if they get to understand what their market value is because if they get six bids and one bid is, let's say, see, they don't believe that there will be a bid that's $200,000 higher. Most people don't believe that. I believe this apartment was priced where it was because of the million-dollar psychological mark, and I believe the seller expected to land somewhere over the million mark. Now, this I is think really, it was beyond his wildest dream. This goes for it, the rental market, too. Absolutely. Now, what's really important is is pricing it too high in the rental market. You will sit with an empty apartment as an mm-hmm. owner mm-hmm. for months and months and months and months and yep. lose $20,000. Correct. Instead yeah. of decreasing it by $50. Here is a perfect example yeah. where you must trust your broker because I will tell you yeah. personal experience when I was a buyer, yeah. even before I was in this business, I actually paid, I don't remember the details, but forty or $50,000 more than the asking price. In a bidding war, you know, marketplace, I'm trying to remember, not, um, what was it, 1997 or 98, 98, 99, whatever. 
But I trusted my agent. She told me that this was intentionally priced under market. And, and by the way, guys, this was before you know the consumer, the buyer, had access to all of these wonderful systems sure. where we could look up our own data. But I trusted her completely. And by the way, I got the apartment, you know, by just a little bit because there was other people bidding up underneath mm-hmm. me. But, but for some reason, I got it. And after the fact, when we went back to look at the details and the research. She was spot right on. And yep. I paid what that apartment was worth. And of course, I think a year later I sold yep. it and for a lot more money. Mm-hmm. So you've got Absolutely. to trust you know, your agent. You to it, I'm going to pick follow, the right agent every I'm going to follow time. up right on what you said. So I think that it, as we have said many times on the show, it does, it, it comes back to us. Mm-hmm. Really so it's does. about being a broker. And if you feel strongly about the way that you price units, and especially in the neighborhood and in the building and in the and with your timing, it's all about how you present, mm-hmm. not only energetically to your sellers, absolutely, but how you give them proof of pudding, how you show mm-hmm. them examples like the really good story that you've got, where we've won and where we've lost, yes, where we've had sellers have confidence in the approach that we're going to have. And I think you said a really good point as well. You don't have to accept offers, guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it. I am with you. I think it's the smartest strategy going. For the right for, I was going to say, right. unless you have an exceptional property and you can kick ass with your pricing and you sell it in two days. Because, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's also where's the market. That? We're all going, yeah, it's said, also it's the market, exactly. We're going to move on, but I will tell you, though, I believe in the strategy. I think it works. I've mm-hmm. seen it as I've deployed it in uh, with my sellers. I've seen it work. And as a buyer, before I even knew anything about this business, it did work. So with the right property in the right market, I think, you know, if you deploy that tactic, it's it's uh, a sure One quick that, point also mm-hmm. is, it, is it a property for an end user versus an investor? So as mm-hmm. an investor, it has exactly. to make sense If yes. it's a pre-war with a wood-burning fireplace right, right, on the right. Upper West Side facing right. the park, you have a different strategy altogether. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So parents often step in to help their children buy homes in the New York market. It's a great investment and keeps the kids from wasting money on rent. Needless to say, this definitely puts the kids in a fortunate position. That said, there are several things to keep in mind when going through this purchase method. There are three potential scenarios. Now, you would think that, okay, so I'm a kid. I'm you know 20-something years old, just graduated uh, college. I want to start my career in New York. I'm going to go buy an apartment. Well, guess what? No. It doesn't work that way for a whole host of reasons. And they, I was waiting for the buzzer. So there are three different ways that parents in this town can help their children. And even though we have three th- different ways, it isn't always so easy. The first one is parents buying for children outright. Buy a condo. <laughs> well, actually, well, yes and no, because there are some co-ops who do allow that. Absolutely. No. But, just a I'm huge just saying, advocate but if you're buying, buying it, yes. I, am I know you are. If you're looking to buy I a condo, please call parole. <laughs> Her number is... I agree. I, I agree. It's true, but it also depends on the size, because many of these people want small one bedrooms, and there isn't the inventory of condos sure. for that market. Yeah, and the price point. Exactly. Yeah. And if a parent is buying for a child, they have to be alerted that they are have to they are going to have to show all of their finances, not just what you're showing to the mortgage broker if you're getting a mortgage. It's really your whole financial life yeah. is going to be out there. Well, we've got two minutes left, so let's compare and contrast. So parents buying outright is one scenario. The second one is parents buying with the child. So it's a co-purchase. That's a whole different mm-hmm. set of circumstances, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about co-ops, mm-hmm. because now yeah, you're fulling disclosure. Half of my, de- half of my deals are that, and Absolutely. that's because yep. the buildings believe that if the child is part of the purchase mm-hmm. as opposed to a parent, that they will have more responsibility mm-hmm. living there. Accountability. They're, exactly. Yeah. They're, not, they're not going to set Meaning fire the to the hallways. And the child I agree. Right. And, exactly. and the mortgage. And the mortgage. There is one. Yes. So that's and the child. Preferential way. I, will, yeah. I will tell you, in yeah. most of the co-ops that I've done in the last probably two years, I've had the exact same mm-hmm. scenario. Parents co-purchasing with mm-hmm. children and there's liability there. there. There's, you know, piece of the rock there on both ends and co-ops feel much more comfortable that everybody's engaged. And the third option is parents gift them money to their children. In that scenario, the parents will give the required money to the kids for the purchase before the purchase and go off and say, hey, how do how do boards feel about gift money? Because that's a big It's important I- to make sure that the money's seasoned too. So if they're going to buy in, you know, let's just say November, you know, you want to get the money in there by June. So it's at least in the bank account for a couple of months. If, if co-op boards see it 
as you know, the money just put, was put in there in October. So September bank account says ten grand, and then all of a sudden October bank account comes out and it says you know five hundred and ten thousand. Then the call is gonna be like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. So, but on the other hand, though, there are buildings that allow actual outright gifts by parents, right. and in sure. my experience, that tends to do two things. Number one, the parents don't have to necessarily then show all of their money and all their finances, and it makes the board package a lot easier if the money is simply gifted. It is gift money from the parents. The cop doesn't care if the parents beg, borrow, or stole the money mm-hmm. because the point is it does not use this co-op as collateral. And then the, the purchase, the rest of the purchase is made entirely and strictly on the basis of the child's uh, uh, ability to pass the board. All right, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue this because I wanted to make one more comment on this as well. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back with the panel. Parul, Rachel, Ivy. Deborah and Niall, we were talking about gift money from parents for children. We call it children, but of course they're young adults. Children buying their first apartments. And the question, the last question I had on this topic was, you know, um, parents can gift the money so that uh, the children can buy the apartment. But what about tax ramifications and where do the the, uh, parents... um, get seriously concerned about having to pay taxes on that gift money. It's a good point. You know, I just wanted to wrap up, insert one thing that we were on before you go into that. I'll back off. Um, What has become more popular, increasing in the last decade or so, and you guys chime in if you find this to be the case. I know it actually, even outside of real estate and dear friends that I have that have very wealthy parents, instead of people making their, getting their inheritance when they pass, when their parents die, which is typically how things were structured, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, a lot of young adults are getting their inheritance while they're living. So this, well, this, so, uh, so anyway, well, this kind of thing is, prefer- if, is preferable. Taxes, you're right. Yeah, I know. I am just saying yeah. it's another thing that's showing up a lot. And it's a, it's a whole different thing. And it's structured however it's structured. Yeah. And there's a few different ways that that can be structured. And real savvy financial people do things with, you know, people with large money. But that looks different and is very different than a million dollars showing up two months to a purchase. Right. Yeah. Well, to Deborah's, well, as, as Niall said earlier, you know, it's got to be seasoned money yeah. sometimes. Seasoned money. Doesn't they, have to buy. they have to write well, a gift letter. Yeah, I was going to say that. they have to yes. write a gift letter. So the parents have to write a letter saying, hey, this this money that is being donated or given, gifted, it's going to say gifted to my child, um, is simply a gift and it is not a liability, right? Like yeah. a loan a lot yeah. of times. So they need to clarify that in A low writing. interest rate family loan is so, another alternative. That is another alternative. Yeah. But so, what was Endeavor yeah. was going to comment on the, on, the, on the tax consequences of, of gifting. That's right, because yeah. there is a limit as to how much a person can legally 
gift to anyone, Mm -hmm. a child, a family member, anyone, and you really have to speak with a financial advisor who knows Mm -hmm. about these things, I think it's anything above, please don't quote me, talk to your financial advisor, but I think it's anything above $14,000 will be taxed. Annually. 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 So so the biggest thing is also another, I mean, this is now outside of real estate, but um, I know my family's doing this and most families have started to do this, which is instead of giving the lump sum of a certain amount to your children after passing away or even in the duration, it's about giving a yearly amount to the children. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that way the money passes through without it be, they're having a tax ramification. Exactly. And, and that goes Absolutely. to estate taxes, though, which is different <laughs> yes. because, you know, we're, we're taxed to death here, you know. I well, know. we are. But well, this goes to estate <clears throat> taxes because yeah. after a person passes, there are so many taxes on the estate and the parents don't want the children to have to deal with that. Right. So they will, yeah. as yeah. Ivy was saying, mm-hmm. not only gift it ahead of time, but they'll figure out a way to purchase an apartment. I've had a few people who purchased the apartment for the child as their inheritance. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're thinking, why is this exactly. kid who's 24 years old living in a $3 million apartment that exactly. I went to sell? And exactly. then when it was explained to me, well, that was their entire inheritance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this, it's, it's yes. them for I had had young exactly the same yeah. thing. The same thing yeah. to them. This goes back the to, to going back seen. to the broker because mm-hmm. some brokers don't even know how to do a financial revenue statement yeah. uh, and how to put mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is it under debt what's a revenue statement right so, <laughs> so right so going <laughs> over your debt. assets and your debt and your the income the question is why is it necessary it. where do why I put the that? gift money on the financial statement so of course we're talking Whatever. about co-ops here of mostly course. right 80% of the market but condos if you're gifting it doesn't matter just for the listening audience. But condo I wanted to say that. Thank you. Because yes. I'm a condo babe, okay? Right. So I don't deal with co-ops. I do more. And there's gifting all over the place. Right. And I do more <laughs> co-ops. And, and it's I, so yeah. amazing to me that mm-hmm. brokers are literally mm-hmm. like, how do I do the board package? Where do I put the gift amazing. money? And do I need a and, letter? And in a couple yeah. of weeks, we're going to talk about trust and trust funds. So yeah. that gets even more complicated. Oh, wow. And it boards just yep. go to sleep on that one. Anyway, let's move on. Let's do We are running out of time. Sellers are most often uh, advised to minimize all evidence of their own presence in an apartment. Okay, so they, they need to minimize their own personal stuff in their apartment. The better to allow the buyers to envision themselves and their own stuff in the space, okay? In so, But what if they are hoping to sell the apartment, including all of the furnishings inside? So every once in a while we get an, up right now. Okay, we get an yeah. apartment where the seller says, if you can sell the apartment plus everything in it, mm-hmm. is that an asset or a liability? Well, to I think take that's a good question that Pearl is going to be jumping into soon because yes. it's, it's do you price it just for the mm-hmm. apartment and then if they want to buy everything with it, is there an additional any attorney? Or do you have everything. Right. Any that's attorney is going year. to advise you to keep the furniture separate. Totally. Not only separate. that, exactly. I yeah. will as a broker also advise the same mm. because number one, you want to give the optionality of purchasing that separately. Number two, depending on the price point of the apartment. So this apartment that I'm about to list is going to be right maybe a hair under five million, but it's around a five million dollar mark apartment. So if that basically the furniture and all the systems and everything else this guy's put in this apartment's immaculate. He just closed on it last November. So it's about another $250,000. So if I price this apartment above $5 million at $5,250, it's going to get negotiated down. If I price it slightly below five and say everything else is a, is can be included, and then we target that buyer regardless of who makes offers and whatnot, the fact of the matter is, is that it's so immaculately done that this apartment will absolutely, somebody's going to come in and spend another one hundred fifty dollars to $200,000 because they will see the value in what's been done. The problem is most buyers have their own furniture. Yes. Yeah. And it cuts I was out a say, lot right. of buyers it's true. who really have no interest in They have no interest the no matter how good the are separate items. So I've done, I've, I'll talk quickly. Right. I had mm. a gorgeous loft and it was beautifully furnished. Mm. A big guy in the music industry. And we was had it a club price. or a condo? That it's was all, exactly what when I was When Ivy's speaking, right. it's all condos. I've done, <laughs> I've done two co-ops in my life and I was lucky and they were sweet and it worked out and I can sell 
hope it was Rachel who said, honey, you need a gift letter. <laughs> but it was all well hidden and it never came up. So it all worked out. She was like, what's an interview? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. I'm, I'm 20 years old. I, I, yeah, I got it. I, I rocked it with my co-op sales. I just prefer condos for all the listening audience. Finish your thought. All right. Anyway, all I wanted to say is it's a gorgeous loft and it's views and the guys in the music industry is huge and his furnishings were incredible but we did a very separate sale price and then we actually he had a little bit too much stuff and the loft was gigantic so I simply met with him and I said let's keep this here and this here and this here let's put the rest of this in storage let's get gorgeous photographs of all the pieces Mm -hmm. write up everything I had a little book we sold the apartment at a great price. She bought a lot of the stuff, didn't take the rest of the stuff. I had everything already. We sold a lot of the stuff to the people that had been in. I mean, it was seamless. The yeah, one thing I will I say is this. So here's what's That's different, great. though. I think that the one thing that is really different in today's market very quickly is that there is there are just that many more investors, people buying pied-a-terres. And that number has increased so far up that an apartment like this one, that's why the price point, whether it's a condo, does make a difference. And believe it or not, now there's a little bit of a higher demand, but I agree with you. There used to not be one. There's just a little bit of a higher demand for a property And like if, this. if we're talking yes. neutral, neutral and simple, that's beautiful. fine. But exactly. I'm, listing, I'm listing something with a motorcycle in the apartment. <laughs> oh, okay. my. It is very Steampunk? specific. It is very specific and unique. And it's really may not I, for yes. May I ask Close. what room well, the, the motorcycle that. resides? You walk in, it's in your entryway. So it's the <laughs> yeah. first it's thing you see. My musician <laughs> had like all the paraphernalia, yeah. all these guitars, and, all right. that. Very specific. We removed some of those. I'm going to tell you something. to remove a motorcycle. Here's the thing. The one thing that we, I think we will all agree with to Rachel's point is the more specific the apartment the more the seller wants to sell it the way it is because it was their labor of love and it is so unique in their eyes so my steampunk listing for anybody just google it you will see this thing it is unbelievable I'm not going to go on and on about it on air but it was amazing how this guy absolutely would have taken $200,000 less to sell it as is Yeah, you know everybody thinks as somebody said earlier today that their apartments were at the gold bar whatever and that's so true but moving on on the heels of this conversation if you ever visited an open house or cruised a listing on the internet for an older property, chances are you've heard the term good bones. I use that term religiously. Oh on its gosh, face, yeah. it sounds reassuring and positive, yes, but what does it actually mean? I think a construction worker actually said that to me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> As you were walking? Wow. And that was before makeup. Tall glass of water. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tall glass it of means, water. It means Do I look like a pre-war apartment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good no, bones means it's actually, gonna last. It yeah. means that how it was originally built mm-hmm. is when they were building sturdy. Well. Yeah. But it also has but the structure that you can build upon to make totally. it even better because yep. the exactly. old vintage whatever yep. is resonant. It's old and, the but, and yeah. well, here's the other part of it too. I also use great bones not just for pre-war, but also for an apartment that is cluttered, that doesn't show well, where the furniture is too big, mm-hmm. something isn't right. And I say, but look at the bones, as in take away all of the other stuff. Yes, and absolutely. See what you can, and you can, and most people can, even yeah. us, as seasoned as we are, when we see a beautifully put apartment and if we see the before and after, we have a different reaction as well, right? It's just human nature. It is. The much bigger part of that, though, that I think is so fascinating is that um, people can actually get a great deal. People can get a great deal if you have the ability to see past Had that those. a few times, yep. Absolutely. Well, it's also important What's if you're looking at some of these these apartments, right? And you, you're talking about the bones. <coughs> some of them have been modified. So floor plans are a certain way now. I was, I was looking at an apartment on Park Avenue recently with a buyer. And we have it the layout modified a certain way. I reached out to the listing broker and I said, hey, I need to see an original floor plate so we can understand what the bones of the apartment are because the, we wanted to see what we can do and maybe bring it back to the how it looked originally. Mm-hmm. Um, in looking at the floor plate, which is a cross-section of the entire building, allowed us to see how, what the original layout was and then compare it with the current layout and then see what we can do with our architect in order to you know, Very make it how we want. Very important because yes, yeah. in, in old Absolutely. buildings and old apartments, there's been a lot of cut-ups, there's been a sure. lot of additions, there's been a lot of room reassignments. Anyway, moving on. In the suburbs, I love this one. <laughs> eating kitchens and washers and dryers are standard. I mean, you just go to a house and you pick a, you know, whatever, and you have an eating kitchen and you have a washer dryer. However, in the city... Either one is a dream come true. So if you asked your clients, and we all work with buyers, which would they prefer? Let's and take what a vote, guys. Say? 
I say wash your dryer. Wash your dryer. Really? Yeah. You can send out Everyone. your laundry. You have to do your dishes oh, yourself. But you know what? <laughs> send out but I have laundry. to tell you, culture not now. if it's a family, nobody wants to send out yes. their nobody wants to send That's, out their laundry. And trust me, yeah. they're just starting eats, out. In the you know? they eat on their couch. It's yes. buffet style. It's going out to eat. Yes. People don't care. It's not a luxury That's in the city. True. It's wash your dryer all the way. Wash your dryer all the way. I have to tell you. Oh my god. Lately. But lately, I've been privileged to go to a lot of the new developments, especially up and down 57th Mm -hmm. Street, Uh to see these grand, we can't call them family apartments, but they're for larger people. They're larger apartments. They're four to five bedrooms. And I was really shocked when I brought certain buyers. Well, no, I was shocked that (laughs) some of them did not have eat-in kitchens. Oh, of course not. No, but wait a minute. Families have said to me who are my clients, I want that. I don't want to feed or have my housekeeper feed or whoever my two-year-old in the dining room on our nice dining room furniture. Some of the older Amazing. 1800, early 1900, yes. um, uh, pre-war, uh, well, old apartments in uh, this town have very, you know, they have galley kitchens yes. and yet they have four the or five. Pantry. And the butler's pantry. And Amazing. yet they have four or five uh, bedrooms. So for families, it's the same thing. I would opt for, we have to go to break, but I would opt for a washer dryer. I also entertain. So if the, I had another option of a dining room, I would take a dining yes. room and a over washer dryer. a dishwasher. No, 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 no. Over a dishwasher. No. Uh, washer dryer washer and a dining room over an eating yeah. kitchen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm being one of my buyers picking and choosing what I want. Of course, it yes. doesn't exist. Yes. All That's right. We're going to break. We will be back in a minute. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't you go know, away. You know what I say? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we're back for segment four, our last segment. Of course, I never know where time goes anymore. But anyway, moving on, carriage houses. I love carriage houses, by the way. You've seen the phrase in real estate ads, and it sounds all too appealing, conjuring up a New York from long ago that today connotes a certain charm. So let's explain to the listening audience out there around the world what is actually a carriage house. Compared to a townhouse, compared to an apartment, compared to a garage. To- it's well, where no, the it's horses a- used to stay. Yes, yeah. it's where, but actually, it's it's very interesting. It's where people would park their carriages, as Perul just said, Correct. where the carriages and the horses would stay. But what's so interesting is many of the wealthy people at the turn of the century might live on Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue. And their garages, carriage houses, mm-hmm. were all the way on 2nd and 3rd Avenue or on the west side. They, they weren't were so close, side. that's right. They were not mm-hmm. close. And we have these rows of absolutely charming carriage houses throughout the city. What's interesting, though, if you've been in many of them, they're not that big because mm-hmm. they might be two stories high, mm-hmm. but they're not like a two-story home in the suburbs. They're a 
beautiful glorified garage. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. They're so like, size they're like maids' rooms. Yes. Yes. Generally on the yep. second floor. At so least on the outside you go, oh, I want one of these. For and those the of you who live in the... Oh, not so much. For those of you who live in the suburbs that have a two-car garage, just imagine it's a two-car garage and then another one on top of it. That's basically the yeah. size of a carriage house. Yes, some In some cases, they're a little deeper on the property, yes. so they're a little bigger, but basically they're not so large. But the purchase prices, they're very private. Yeah. They're like a townhouse, they're a smaller so townhouse. They're quaint and beautiful, yes. some of these. My dream sure. in the West Village yes. to be oh. in a carriage house. Oh. house right? yes. Yes. Yeah. It's perfect for single people and or couples actually, that aren't getting I agree kids. with you. And there's a few yes, carriage yeah, houses are. that are Absolutely. set behind. Yeah. So yeah. there's a whole row yeah. of yes. townhouses, yeah. and then you go through the building or through a little alley, and then there's a carriage house in the back in the yep. middle. Yes. It's so interesting. Nice All right, moving on to that. What exactly does a junior four mean? We hear the term junior <laughs> four. So we go from carriage house to junior four. We know classic six. We've talked about that before in the past. What is a junior four? Because I actually had a buyer this week. It's what we call a two-bedroom these days. But I was going to say, that's what I'm getting at. As Pearl was describing that deal she had on Lower Park Avenue, mm-hmm. and the way she said there wasn't even a closet in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and it was priced up. I oh. was thinking junior four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It because wasn't even a junior four layout, actually, but Absolutely, what but the, I'll let you just yeah, what describe what that is. Layout yeah. is. It's basically a large one bedroom. It has an L-shaped living room for that dining area, and that dining room will have a window, possibly heat and air conditioning mm-hmm. that can be walled off and turned into a second bedroom, yep. a small one. So a lot of a lot of times, yep. just to add on that, it's mm-hmm. a family recently married or engaged couple who is expecting children. They'll buy a junior four. I've I've done a number of junior mm-hmm. four co-op yes. deals, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then they buy it with, with the understanding that they will be having kids. They use it as a dining room for the, you know, nine, 12 or months or, or an office, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then when the kid comes, they, they put the wall up yeah. and then they make that the other yeah. nursery. But as a broker, we need yes. to check that the alcove is eight by 10. Exactly. Because if it's not, you can't call it a junior four. Yes. You know, I actually showed. And you can't, and, and if it's converted, you still can't call it a two bedroom. Correct. Which is what something that you consistently mm. see mismarked on floor plans online all the time because here's the thing the fact of the matter is the way our listing <coughs> systems work is if you mark it as a two bedroom maybe you get a slap on the wrist but generally nothing happens yep. but if you mark it as a one bedroom then you lose out on two bedroom buyers who are willing to do a and small you'll see yes. that. Go, Vince. I'd yes. like to say though that convertible two should be the way you market stuff in text because yep. I yep. showed a brilliant I, yep. I, I think it's a junior four uh, I'm not going to say the building but it's the O-line and The second bedroom did not have a closet, but it had a big window, and it was huge. I mean, Mm -hmm. but you can tell it was an alcove by Mm -hmm. the living room and and kitchen, and I thought, wow, this is genius, asking 1.9 something, and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. for – What neighborhood? You don't have to say the building. Upper West Side. Upper West Uh, Side. It's actually common in new development to have home offices without a window. This was a a new development maybe – Seven years ago, right, yep, right. so it's and completely converted. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can p- this can pass for a second bedroom. I mean, mm-hmm. it's large enough, but at the end of the day, it really isn't. I had a yeah. buyer who used mm-hmm. a trash chute slash pantry in a mm-hmm. new development, and she wanted to know if it was could be used as a bedroom. Oh dear. Well, oh my God! This, and I'll I have people that come oh up gosh. and they they'll a glorified closet he's, for their maid. village. Yeah, yeah. well, they'll, take, well, they'll was, say anything will work. It can be yeah. a pass through. Uh-huh. My maid only needs a little tiny yeah. bed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Blown away, and I was upper west, mm-hmm. which you know I'm not as much. Mm-hmm. And we were I looking at all of these pre-war. No, the tiny spaces were going to work for her for her maid. But look at how many people convert closets to offices in the room. No. Yeah. And they were going to use it she for... She legitimately who? needed her nanny. <gasps> Same thing, the nanny In thing. the room with a trash chute that was five by four. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, it, a bench, I do not want to a be bench for oh a bed. All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. As a rule, ground floor apartments get treated as second class. Here we go from the top of the show. Uh, ground floor apartments get treated as second class citizens of the real estate world and not without good reason. Oftentimes, living on the street means uh, extra noise, uh, less light, thanks in part mm-hmm. to bars on the windows also, and a higher chance of rodent run-ins. Let's forget that one. Ooh. Not to mention noisy uh, people, nosy people peeking in. There's a reason these apartments are generally cheaper than the exact equivalent located just one floor up on the second floor, but there is a first floor apartment called a masonette mm-hmm. in some of the fancier buildings along Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue, Central Park West, etc., which often carry impressive price tags. So why the difference? High ceilings and outdoor space. Marketing. I was no, going to say oh. the first floor glory is and a garden. Marketing. <laughs> so, you know, it's the compromise yeah. that you're willing to make, and True. I've lived in many 
apartments in New York City over the span of my lifetime, because, you know, I've been here my whole life, and I've had outdoor space and not little tiny, you know, decks, five flight. I've had a whole world outside. So great I time. would live on a bottom yeah. floor if it's on a great street anytime. But what people yeah. also don't realize is the bottom floor, whether it's a masonette or a first floor, has extra high ceilings because it's mm-hmm. lobby level. You walk into the lobby yeah. and the lobbies always have higher ceilings. Sure. So the construction carries through. Yep. Right. And people are Wow. Right. And well, as Ivy said, I've sold a number of these ground oh floor God, apartments with outdoor space. Yeah. Sometimes you own it. Sometimes the co-op owns it. But or in most chair. cases, yes. It's, it's or a, if it's a condo or a townhouse. But the other it's, chair, it's yeah. yours. Yes. Plus, you don't yeah. have to walk yes. up so many flights. And they're also wheelchair accessible. And if you have a cat, no problem. But the other benefit to a, a masonette. Yes. We're forgetting the other, the other important um, factor to a masonette. Usually, again, they're in, in better co-op buildings and in some older condo buildings but they have private entrances from oh, yeah. the street yeah. si- aside from either the front of the front door. So it's really kind of like living in a townhouse. The other thing is also it's usually two stories. So it's like a it's like a townhouse apartment or living in a townhouse but in a fully serviced doorman building because you don't have to use your own entrance. You can go through the front, certainly receive all your guests through the front, and you have a lobby entrance that goes into the apartment. So aside from your typical ground floor unit, you know, that may have outdoor space, may not because it's facing the front. The masonette has a a different cachet because it has uh, privacy that goes along with it. If you don't want to live having the doorman, you know, be in your business 24 hours a day, you can kind of get around that. So and also in some of these buildings, uh, the masonettes have been converted to doctor's offices or mm-hmm. dentist offices or therapist offices. So live, Some work. Are built that way. live, live work. work. It's great for live yeah. work. Yeah. My townhome is that way. The whole bottom two floors, the basement and the first, is all psychiatrists. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's very yeah. important because live work, sometimes when we have live work buyers, it's very difficult to find them an apartment because they really just don't exist. Even in condos, a lot of people think, well, I want to go into a condo because, you know, they, they allow live work. Well, by whose standard mm-hmm. or by, by yeah, whose right. rule book? Absolutely. Right. And yeah. then they want to know traffic. So they'll ask, what, how many clients do you see a week? And then, of course, yeah. you're like, one or two. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. What many, what many of us <laughs> might What's remember. The honest yeah. truth? What many of us might remember is a few years ago, William F. Buckley's apartment came on the market, and that was a yes. two-story masonette. Oh. And for those of us who are really old, remember reading in Stop the papers. It, it does well. It's, it's a time thing, but remember reading in the papers and everything. The glorious salon he had going on there for his friends, for his frenemies, for and all the great debate of both sides of the aisle and all sides of the world. And I always thought growing up out of state that this was going to be this grand penthouse apartment. And when this masonette on Park Avenue came on, I went, what? Mm-hmm. But it was it was really amazing. It's mm. You do have, as you said, the privacy. You don't have to go through the uh, the doorman, you have a separate entrance. He didn't. I don't think he had outdoor space. But there's a lot of these around. There's a lot it's of these nice. around. We have yeah. to. We have to end on that. We have um, a lot of those around. The, the inventory um, is ever changing. But yet, the good news is it's it's changing. But yet, there is still some of the old vintage places that do exist. I want to just remind everybody once again that November eleventh uh, next week from nine to five at the New York Hilton is the New York uh, Condo Expo. Uh, 2015. We will be there. The panel and I will be there um, broadcasting a show live to tape from 10 o'clock right on the convention floor. And then I'm moderating a panel from 1 to 2 in one of the ballrooms. So that's next week, November 11th from 9 to 5 at the New York Hilton. That again is Good Morning uh, New York for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can catch the show any day on podcast or on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer of United Airlines, and I'm honored to be the National Chair for the 2015 March for Babies campaign for the March of Dimes. United is a proud supporter of the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Please join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.org. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers. 